TUC Radio, Time of Useful Consciousness. The Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant in California that should have closed by 2025 may get another extension to operate. Governor Gavin Newsom got a bill approved in California's Assembly and Senate that changed state law so the operator of Diablo Canyon, Pacific Gas and Electric, can receive at least $1.4 billion of taxpayer and ratepayer dollars to keep the compromised Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant operating. Even before construction at Diablo Canyon began in the 1960s, local and national organizations campaigned to prevent the plant from being built on the California coastline, right next to several earthquake faults and in a tsunami zone, placed halfway between two major cities, Los Angeles and San Francisco, a reactor vessel explosion would bring radiation into either metropolis, depending on the direction of the wind. TUC Radio received notice of an emergency press conference on Tuesday, August 30th, the day before the vote. And here are some of the voices. Introduced by Steve Seltzer. He founded No Nukes Action in the aftermath of the Fukushima accident in 2011. Okay, I want to welcome you all to this press conference. My name is Steve Seltzer. This is an emergency press conference statewide and nationally because uh, we were uh, basically uh, prevented from knowing what was going on about this new bill, SB 846. We found out about it Wednesday. It was only printed on Sunday night. So the 33 million people of California really don't even know what's in this bill. So we'll, we'll start. Daniel Hirsch, he's with Committee to Bridge the Gap. Daniel. Sometime between 8 p.m. and around midnight tomorrow, the state legislature is being forced to make what may be the most momentous decision ever made in the state of California for the health and safety of the people here. The governor put into print at 7.56 on Sunday night a bill to extend the life of the aging and decrepit Diablo Canyon nuclear plant. He did that because the Constitution requires three days advance notice before there can be a vote. And this was to be jammed through so that there could be almost no scrutiny of such an extraordinarily potentially catastrophic action. I want to explain for a moment why it is so monumental, what's at stake. Inside each of the reactors at Diablo Canyon, there is the equivalent of a thousand times the long-lived radioactivity of the Hiroshima bomb. In technical terms, there are about 15 billion curies of radioactivity inside each reactor meaning that there are about 500 billion billion emissions of radiation a second. The only way that that public is protected is if that radioactivity stays inside the core. The only way that happens is if it's constantly cooled. So if an earthquake occurs, if there is sabotage or terrorist attack, if a worker makes the wrong decision, we can have a release of an extraordinary amount of radioactivity. Essentially a Fukushima on the California coast, but unlike Fukushima where the wind blew most of the radioactivity out to sea, the winds would bring the radioactivity inland to Central Valley or to Southern California or Northern California, depending on which way the wind blows. So let me show you what's at stake. Diablo was built 
based on PG&E's assertion that there were no active earthquake faults within about 30 kilometers of the site. The local community group that intervened wanted to put on an expert witness in the hearings to demonstrate that there were faults nearby and PG&E in its wisdom objected and the licensing board voted two to one to prohibit that testimony. They got the license and a few months later, Hoskins and Griffiths published their paper showing that there was an active earthquake fault called the Hosgree Fault just offshore capable of an earthquake far larger than the plant was designed to withstand. PG&E initially denied it and eventually had to admit to it, but by that time, 80% of the plant was completed. And rather than upgrade the plant or abandon it, they just asked the NRC for essentially for a waiver to allow the plant to be built with an exception for the Hosgree Fault. Um, that, by a vote of three to two, was allowed by the, the NRC. Two courageous commissioners, Victor Galinsky and Peter Bradford, objected. If there had been one more vote, there would not have been the Diablo Canyon plant built at all. But PG&E said, don't worry, there won't be any more faults found. But then the San Luis Bay fault was discovered nearby, and the Osos fault was discovered nearby. And then most troubling, the shoreline fault was discovered, which is within 600 meters of the plant and about 300 meters from the plant intakes. And these faults are capable of earthquakes larger than the plant was designed to withstand. It gets worse. PG&E claimed that there were no connections between these faults. If the faults are connected, the longer the fault, the generally the more earthquake uh, shaking can occur. They said there were no connections, but then they had to admit that the Hosgri uh, was connected to a nearby fault. And, uh, and they claimed that the Hosgri and the San Simeon faults weren't connected. And then they had to admit that they were Hosgri, San Simeon, and San Gregorio faults connected. And finally, they now have had to admit that there could be a joint rupture along the Hosgri, San Simeon, San Gregorio fault zone, which runs from south of the reactors to north of San Francisco. So they began with the claim of no active faults within 30 kilometers and no interconnections. And now it's known that there are four nearby faults and several interconnections. PG&E testified on Thursday and Friday before the legislature that don't worry, there is a resident NRC inspector on site and if it were unsafe, they would shut it down. But the senior resident inspector at the time, Dr. Michael Peck, indeed concluded it was unsafe, violating its license and should be shut down. And rather than shutting it down, the NRC transferred him back east. So we have a toothless regulator and a criminal utility one that's been found guilty of numerous crimes that have resulted in numerous deaths. And you know that, for example, Judge Alsop, who oversaw PG&E's handling of safety issues, said, in these five years, PG&E has been on a crime spree and will emerge from probation as a continuing menace to California. And even uh, Governor Newsom, as recently as 2019 in the New York Times said about PG&E, they have simply been caught red-handed over and over again, lying, manipulating, or misleading the public. So you have a terribly dangerous mix. Um, 15 billion curies of radioactivity in each reactor. The ability for that to get released if there's a loss of cooling resulting in melting. A criminal utility that really doesn't want this facility license extension extended and is being pressured into it. So a mix of an incompetent and reluctant um, utility and the most dangerous energy technology on earth is very, very toxic. What is most perhaps troubling is the process for a moment. 
And that is that the governor didn't want this uh, proposal to be considered with the deliberation of the legislature. The normal process of introducing it, having it go to a policy committee, an appropriations committee, the floor, amendments, testimony, and all that. So he's released it at the last moment. And you only do that if you know that something can't withstand scrutiny. Now, if this was just a minor matter of passing money on to a uh, big contributor or something, it would be bad, but not horrendous. But jamming through something that could result in the release of this massive amount of radioactivity and trying to do that in the last few hours of session is extremely disturbing. Let me end with this observation. This is all occurring at the same time that there is a reactor complex in Ukraine that is under fire, that had offsite power disrupted twice about a week ago. If you lose offsite power, you can lose cooling if your diesel generators fail or if you run out of diesel fuel. At the same time that the world's attention is focused on those reactors in Ukraine, where a release can result in contaminating a large portion of Ukraine and Europe, we in California, for frankly craven political reasons, are placing at risk this state to have a release of the very sort that we're frightened can occur in Ukraine. So my deep, deep concern is that one of the most momentous decisions ever made in the state is being jammed through the legislature in the last few hours of session with no real consideration of the potential consequences, which could be immense. Thank you. All right, thank you, Daniel. And our next speaker is Linda Seeley. She's with Mothers for Peace in San Luis Obispo and has been in a decades long struggle to defend the community, defend the people of San Luis Obispo uh, around this uh, nuclear power plant. So welcome, Linda. Thank you. We've been fighting Diablo Canyon since 1973. And our chief concerns are safety and the environment. And this bill just uh, devastates both of uh, the major concerns that we have. And we're also concerned about the solar, the terrible damage it does to the solar industry and to rooftop solar in our state. The first thing I want to talk about is the this five-year, alleged five-year extension of the license to operate. That's in the bill, but PG&E has stated publicly at the Diablo Canyon um, decommissioning engagement panel that they will apply for a 20-year license extension. It only makes sense for them to apply for 20 years. That's how long license extensions are with the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. I want to remind everybody about the 2016 agreement when we had a final date for the shutdown of Diablo Canyon, which was going to be in 2024 and 2025 that we were resting assured with that. So I just want to remind everybody that there is no assurance that this bill that this bill is going to stop Diablo Canyon after five years. And if you believe what they say, then you have definitely drunk the Kool-Aid. Also, this bill, SB 846, categorically exempts from CEQA, which is California Environmental Quality Act, the Diablo Canyon power plant site, all structures, buildings, and equipment necessary to extend operations. That includes the embrittled 
reactor vessel. The reactor vessel is the place where the nuclear reaction takes place. And that reactor vessel, which Arnie Gunderson is going to talk about later on today, is embrittled. Um, and he'll tell you what that means. We have on the decommissioning panel, one of our members um, has requested from PG&E about the details of the embrittled reactor vessel. PG&E wrote back this morning and said that that is proprietary information, <laughs> refusing to give it to um, the panel member. We consulted with a, one of uh, the retired NRC commissioners who says that's absolutely untrue. It is not proprietary information. And three other nuclear engineers who also say it's not proprietary information. So this embrittled reactor vessel is one of the most important, I mean, lethal things that could happen to the whole state of California. And they want to keep it running for another five to 20 years. Okay, so another part of this bill is that under SB 846, PG&E could mismanage the plant, even commit gross negligence and still be held harmless against any of the outcomes. And at the same time, the shareholders will get record profits. I mean, what a sweet deal for PG&E. It's almost incomprehensible. Um, we already have over three and a half million pounds of highly radioactive um, nuclear waste at the site. It's stored both in the spent fuel pools and in the dry cask storage um, adjacent to the plant. When you look at the place where the dry cask storage is, it's on these pads, concrete pads that are seven and a half feet thick. There is exactly enough space on those concrete pads to hold the waste that's going to be created through 2025. So if this plant stays in operation, that means that the spent fuel pools are going to get more and more and more loaded with this highly radioactive, the most toxic substance that's ever been created on the face of the earth, built on at least four earthquake faults, really 13 earthquake faults, but who's counting, um, to go on for an undetermined amount of time. Another point is the, re the refurbishment that's gonna have to be done before that plant can continue to operate, or maybe they won't force PG&E, maybe the NRC won't make PG&E refurbish everything that needs to be refurbished since they quit doing a lot of the maintenance back in 2016 because they were going to shut down. But that is absolutely unknown, the cost of how much it would be to refurbish the plant to get it to a safe level to operate longer, although there is no way it could be safe. PG&E has been convicted of 84 counts of involuntary manslaughter. It's about to receive a huge prize in the form of $1.4 billion in a gift to create even more of the toxic, the most toxic stuff in the entire world for an undetermined amount of time. It's absolutely unconscionable. It's immoral. It ought to be illegal. Thanks. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Linda.
And our next speaker is uh, Donna Gilmore with Santa Nofre Safety. Welcome, Donna. Hey, thank you. Um, after I heard about this bill, I went to check Diablo Canyon's safety record and uptime. The only reason the bill is being justified is we need Diablo Canyon, both reactors up for reliability, or we will have blackouts. That's the fear campaign. So I did my research and on the NRC database, this is what I found. One or both reactors have been down 40% of the days in every year. So you can see, look at 2008, 163 days, 219, 149. So all these days, these were planned and unplanned planned outages. So how can they, Governor Newsom, support the claim that these reactors can both be up when they're down well, at least one or two are down 40% of the days in the year. This should, this should be the kill bill event here. And then to make matters worse, they want PG&E to have an, an open checkbook. They're gonna get an open checkbook, whatever it costs, and they're not telling us whatever it costs to get this reactor up to where it can run another 20 years, we have to pay for it. All the Californians have to pay for it. All the, the ratepayers in the other utilities, San Diego Gas and Electric, uh, Southern California Edison, and the CCAs are gonna have to pay for Diablo Canyon. And I have a lot of other issues, but for the sake of time, I'll let other uh, speakers uh, uh, continue. Okay, thank you. Um, our next speaker is Harvey Wasserman. Uh, he's an author, historian, and radio host on KPFK. So welcome, Harvey. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, this is a good conference. Thank you so much. I'm a Los Angeles resident. I have children and grandchildren uh, in Los Angeles. I've been with the nuclear issue since the 70s. Back then, you had to have an evacuation plan to have a license. And uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, of course, I'll let this go. But I would like to see the evacuation plan for Los Angeles. If there is, God forbid, a major accident uh, at Diablo Canyon, and you know we've been going here for all these years for the grace of God. The only reason that the Diablo Canyon hasn't turned into an apocalypse is that uh, uh, we haven't had an earthquake. God knows we're overdue. Dr. Michael Peck, the new NRC site inspector long, long ago said that those two reactors cannot withstand credible earthquakes. And basically we're playing Fukushima roulette here. It's outrageous. So let the governor show us the evacuation plan for Los Angeles, please. Before this, anything goes further, I will say about the process that um, Gavin Newsom was party to the uh, agreement to shut Diablo in 2016. He's been rolling along in 2019. We specifically asked him with a petition signed by 2,500 people, uh, including Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Martin Sheen, uh, Eric Roberts, uh, uh, Ed Asner. Uh, we asked him to please inspect Unit 1 because we know it's in brittle, but we don't know how in brittle it is and whether pipes are breaking and so on. And Gavin Newsom in 2019 refused to inspect uh, either reactor. How do you continue operating 40-year-old machines if they're not inspected? Our cars in California have to be inspected and they also have to be insured. Diablo Canyon has no insurance. There is a $13 billion fund or thereabouts with, which will cover the damage maybe to half of Avila Beach and the trillions of dollars in damage that will be done by Diablo Canyon if and when it blows up, for God's sakes, 
have no insurance. I have a home in Los Angeles. I've read the insurance policy. There is a specific exemption. If Diablo Canyon blows up, God forbid, and a radioactive cloud covers my house in the valley, I get nothing. Nobody gets anything. There is no insurance. It's outrageous. It's even more outrageous now that they've thrown in a bill to kill solar. What sane energy planner in 2022 kills rooftop solar in California while arguing that we need the power from a nuclear power plant? That is the definition of bad faith and of insanity. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Harvey. So our next speaker is Arnie Gunderson with the Fairwinds Energy Education. Hi, Arnie Gunderson here. Uh, you can tell I'm an old guy. I'm 73 years old. Diablo Canyon's design began when I was in 10th grade. They were designing this plant in 1965. And in 1967, they began to build a nuclear reactor. And when they welded the nuclear reactor together, they used the wrong metal. I wrote a report for Mothers for Peace, which is why I'm uh, invited to speak today. Uh, it's 100 pages long, and I have like four minutes to give you the, uh, the cliff notes on that 100-page report. Point number one is embrittlement, which I talked about. When they welded this nuclear reactor together, they put the wrong metal in. And as the reactor runs, the neutrons inside hit the wrong metal and cause it to weaken and essentially disintegrate. If the vessel cools down too fast, it'll shatter like glass. If it heats up too fast, it'll shatter like glass. This is the only disaster that the NRC uh, evaluates that it requires that the operators have to work perfectly. It requires that operator action has to come at exactly the right time. If the operators push the button too soon or too late, they'll crack the nuclear vessel. That creates something called the class nine nuclear accident, which is beyond imaginable. The nuclear reactor fails, the containment blows up, and um, then you have to evacuate depending on the wind, San Francisco or LA. Uh, remember when Fukushima had its meltdown, which I wrote a book about, the premier of, of uh, Japan, a friend of mine, Nero Khan, um, was faced with the possibility of evacuating Tokyo, which was 150 miles away. So an embrittled vessel at uh, Diablo puts the state in exactly that same situation. So my report had three pieces, embrittlement. The second thing was deferred maintenance. In 2004, my report showed that Diablo asked for a 20-year extension before they did the inspection on this nuclear reactor vessel. So they knew in 2004 that they weren't going to run this plant beyond 2024 because the NRC gave them their exemption until 2025. So they've been deferring maintenance on this plant for two decades. And of course, Linda Seeley mentioned the proprietary issue where the, the inspections they have done, uh, they're considering proprietary, which is an absolute, an absolute joke. There's no such thing as a five-year NRC license. They give 20-year licenses. And Diablo can't afford to make the repairs that are needed because of all this work they've pushed off in time. 
Diablo can't afford to make it and get a five-year payback period. So they need 20 years. Whatever that bill says in it, Diablo is going to be licensed to continue to run for 20 years. And its costs to continue to operate are also going to be uh, amortized out for 20 years. There's just no way. The last point of my report was seismic. And, and Dan had an excellent analysis of the faults in the ground. And what my report talks about is something called the amplified response spectra, technical word. So the foundation moves a little, but the top moves a lot. That's called amplification. The higher up in the building you go, the more it sways in an earthquake. Um, I don't have to tell Californians about that. But what I did was I looked at half a dozen to a dozen nuclear plants that had experienced a, a motion in the ground. And I looked at how much the top swayed. And the top of every nuclear power plant that's ever experienced an earthquake has swayed more than the designers ever anticipated. Well, what that tells me about Diablo is that when the big one hits, Diablo won't withstand it. There's just no way based on the history of earthquakes at other nuclear plants around the country that the amplified response spectra at the top of that building is adequate to, um, to prevent that structure from failing. You know, my report was used as part of these negotiations to get the deal between the, the organizations that signed on to close Diablo in 2024. And I really believe a deal is a deal. I mean, maybe I'm just an old guy and that's, a, that's an old mentality, but you know, you enter into a deal, you got a deal. And uh, it looks like Governor Newsom is, uh, is, is threatening that. But, you know, if you want to spend a, a, a billion dollars invested in the transmission lines, the real grid instabilities in California are because of fires. So my bottom line is that Diablo is the least safe, the worst nuclear plant in the country. And that if a nuclear disaster were to occur, it will make the campfire look like a picnic. That was Arnie Gunderson from Fairwinds, and his opinion that the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant is unsafe comes from experience. He's a former nuclear industry executive and engineer with more than 44 years experience. He became a whistleblower in 1990 and lost his job. Gunderson has written dozens of expert reports for non-government organizations and the state of Vermont, among them the 100-page paper he just mentioned. Arnie Gunderson argued for closure of Diablo Canyon in 2019 rather than 2025. You heard testimony from an emergency press conference and alert to an upcoming session of the California legislators. Governor Gavin Newsom had only two days earlier announced that he wanted approval for Senate Bill 846 that changed state law so the operator of Diablo Canyon, Pacific Gas and Electric, can receive at least $1.4 billion of taxpayer and ratepayer dollars to keep the compromised Diablo Canyon nuclear reactors operating. 
A day after this press conference, the state Senate voted overwhelmingly in favor of the bill. Come back for a longer discussion with Arne Gunderson about the many other flaws that make the closing of the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant such an urgent matter. Meanwhile, an alarming and growing number of politicians, media, academics, and lobbyists are spreading the gospel of green nuclear power. They say we need nukes to transition to renewable energy. You can hear this program again for free on TUC Radio's website, tucradio.org. My name is Maria Gelarden. Thank you for listening.